Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Real Late Show with Chris and Craig. I'm Chris. Got Craig with me. Craig, how you doing? Pretty good. Just uh, surviving the winter blast of snow and cold here in Middle Tennessee. Yeah. And like I was telling you a few minutes ago, I'm, I'm impressed because I've talked to a lot of people from the South this week who are complaining that it's like mid-20s. But you said parts of your area got to eight inches, right? Yeah, yeah, we saw we saw at least in Nashville more snow in 24 hours than we would see in a normal snowfall season. Yeah, so we saw set we we had about 7.6 inches officially in Nashville. Other parts got eight, and normally Nashville is around 4.7 inches total for the entire season. So winter, winter basically. And so, yeah, we, we definitely got a lot of snow in a very short amount of time, and it uh, it was pretty chaotic. It was a lot of snow. It just kept falling and falling, and then the temperatures kept dropping and dropping. I'm not into anybody getting snow, but props to you at least for having something respectable. I mean, you used to be up near Lake Erie, yeah. and if you got to the point where you're like, oh, it's a half inch of snow on the ground, I would find yeah. out. Right, you know, you're bringing the good game. You're saying, look, eight inches of snow, yes, that's definitely respectable. Oh, yeah. I know Nashville doesn't get that quite as much. So that's got to be, what would you say? It's got to be, I guess the concern would be probably when an area is not used to that much snow, it's probably rough for drivers in the area because they probably don't know how to handle it, for one. And two, it's probably rough for the road crews. They probably don't know how to clean clean it up. So, probably eight inches of Nashville is a lot worse than eight inches of Cleveland, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, and we don't have as many trucks. We don't, you know, use a lot of the um, other tricks of the trades for keeping roads uh, de-iced. So, you know, we use like brine and salt, but that doesn't really isn't really effective beyond freezing temperatures below well below freezing. You definitely cannot use that it won't work so it, I, you know it's just a, the biggest issue i think is keeping the roads clear um and the problem is just not having a lot of salt trucks and a lot of a lot of plow trucks and just not really having the uh necessary tools to keep those clean because again you're not you know we're used to having like temperatures in the mid 40s right now for a high and maybe a low of in the around freezing instead of you know right now it's 21 but it feels a lot cooler than that so and we've had temperatures below freezing with wind chills. So it's definitely been a, a change of pace for for many people, especially those only native to the south. Well, I got a reporter going down there for a conference. So hopefully for her sake, it's a little warmer next week. Have you heard the <laughs> advanced forecast? I think it's supposed to be a little bit warmer, but not, not until the end of next week, I think. I think the oh, end of next week okay. will be in the 50s maybe, I think. All right. Well, I, I was telling her I, I'm jealous I don't get to go. She got selected for a nice conference, and I don't know. In the back of my head, I thought maybe others could go too, but <laughs> they said no. I mean, I guess if I wanted to pay my own way, I'm sure I could go, but yeah, yeah, that's rough. So I don't know. Well, hey, let's talk some um, pop culture streaming stuff. Um, kind of a weird. Uh, there's some interesting news going on. It's a little bit different, um, but. I wanted to kind of go through it with you. Um, ESPN, there's been all kinds of rumors saying ESPN's for sale one way or the other. Uh, Disney's trying to figure out, do we kind of change around how we're doing things? Well, now the New York Post is reporting 
that the the NFL is telling its players association and team owners saying, hey, we might buy part or a majority of ESPN. How about that? That's interesting. It, it makes you wonder what happens with the partnerships they have with Fox and CBS, uh, NBC and Peacock. Um, you know, you wonder because ESPN is among those partners. And if they are among those partners, then they're getting a, a little bit better deal here, maybe. And do you keep the other networks or does ESPN sort of monopolize the NFL coverage, which I'm sure they would love to? Because if you, you know, and there's a lot of talk about what good or bad that, you know, Peacock had the Chiefs and um, Dolphins game exclusive to Peacock on Saturday. But that ended up, they reported it ended up doing like 23 million streams or whatever, however they track their data. And it's the most watched streaming ever. And I think if you're ESPN, you've already had ESPN Plus longer than Peacock's been around. And now maybe you start thinking, hey, this is our opportunity to really monopolize things and say all the games have to be on ESPN if you're going to buy a stake in us. And for the NFL, you would think that it would make sense for them to do that, right? If they're buying this or paying a lot of money to, to kind of get into, you know, into that same room as ESPN, you would think that there'd be a good deal for them to put more entertainment on ESPN or ESPN Plus. So it's an interesting situation because you just wonder what happens to the other TV partners that have been around for decades. Well, I, I have a couple thoughts. I I think if you add up all the the NFL deals out there, I mean, you're looking billions and billions and billions of dollars. I'm kind of wondering too, unless ESPN wants a separated signal, because you know if they're if they start televising games on Sunday afternoon, you've got to say, hey, there's certain games in certain markets. I'm not sure if ESPN's gotten that far yet. Yeah. But I'm thinking you can almost – it's like you're subletting an apartment. You know what I mean? You own that apartment, but if you can rent it for X number of dollars, now you're getting some money back. So yeah. I'm sure this would be a, a humongous, expensive deal. But if ESPN says, okay, Amazon, you can have your games, and CBS, you can have your games, maybe some of that money comes off. You know what I mean? I, I think yeah. that might be it. Well, and the other thing, too, is they've got under the current contracts. I mean, I'm not sure right, where they're yeah. at, but I mean, I think each deal has some years left. Now, if all the contracts came due at the end of this football season, yeah, I mean, game on. I mean, maybe they can pull something out like that off. But I think that, and you look at it too, it's not really just the contracts. Um, where am I seeing this? Um, they get the production unit, NFL Films. Um, they get NFL Network and Red Zone, NFL.com, as well as NFL Plus. Now, I will give a quick thing for NFL Plus. Um, I, I dropped YouTube TV because I just wasn't watching the other sports quite as much. NFL, I'm a big NFL guy. NFL Plus has been okay for me. Yeah, You know what I mean? I, I'm, I, I'm not watching NFL 22 or games from 10 years ago, but it's really kind of helped what I like to watch from NFL Plus. 
So, see, here's the thing. We've always talked about this. Like, right now, we feel like we're being nickel and dimed. Like, I had six really small streaming networks, you know. You know, there's a lot of talk saying ESPN's ready to make that leap in the direct-to-consumer, you know, streaming. So, yeah. what would it mean? I mean, like, I've got ESPN+. Plus On my TV, I got the ESPN app where you go to ESPN Plus to get your ESPN Plus content. What would stop ESPN? And now you can have a $20, $25 a month package where ESPN says, here's our NFL you know, channel. And the NFL channel would have your red zone. It'll have your uh, NFL network. You can watch it live there. Mm. Uh, all that content, you know, NFL films, you got documentaries all over the place and everything else. Now you're starting to get a lot of great content. Where, like, right now, if you said, all right, Craig, if you want ESPN streaming, it's 25 bucks a month. You're like, oh, that's too expensive. Well, yeah. if you add the NFL ch- chapter to it, yeah, you know, it's like we've talked about with Max and everything else. I mean, you, when you add all that stuff, now it comes to a place where it's not just for one particular group of people. There's a lot of people who can have it. So, yeah, I mean, it's not my money. I'm sure it's going to cost a lot, but... I think it could make ESPN a lot more lucrative. Who knows? Yeah. Well, and, and one of the interesting things about the story is it says that, you know, part of the TV cable bundle, you know, ESPN gets like $9 per subscriber to that cable network or the, to that cable package, whether whether you watch it or not. Um, but they've also lost upwards of 25 million do- or 25 million people or homes that used to be cable subscribers that no longer are. So you've got a lot of cord cutters out there and there's probably a good happy balance of, of keeping cable around, but then also shifting towards this mindset of streaming and having that be an opportunity for you to get more viewers. And I think ESPN, you know, I think ESPN plus has raised their rates from like, it started out like at $5 or $5.99 or something. And I think now it's $10.99. So they've, they've definitely increased their pricing. And if you're a ESPN subscriber, you're already giving ESPN more money per subscription than you, than ESPN got for cable. So it makes sense that ESPN is, is raising their rates and it makes sense that they could even raise the prices higher, which then of course means they're going to get more money per subscriber compared to cable again. And you know, if you have the NFL as sort of that reason for that price hike, people are going to go for it. And I think ultimately, if you're a subscriber, you know, we've, we've talked about this, you know, time and time again, that at the end of the day, people are, are kind of looking for ways to either cut costs when, with, with, with what they're watching or finding ways to watch or pay for what they only want. And I think if you're a sports fanatic, ESPN plus is a solid start, but if you add the NFL, which is, you know, the most lucrative sport out there right now, you're adding, you're adding something that has a lot more tangible price to it. You know, I mean, you know, I love that ESPN added the NHL package to ESPN plus a few years ago, and I think it's been pretty good for them. They've always had the NBA, and they continue to work in partnership, I guess you would say, with TNT. And, you know, both both networks have their own nights of, of games each week. And ESPN certainly, you know, has been able to profit off of that. ESPN still has baseball contracts, and they've 
up up their game with their their ESPN Plus offerings of some baseball games. So this is just ESPN's way of saying we want to have a little bit more control maybe over the NFL. So we'll be up for sale. And if you guys find the right price and maybe we can come to an agreement where, you know, maybe we get a, a certain say in things and, and that's probably what ESPN's always wanted. I think the biggest thing for ESPN is they've, they've probably always felt like sort of the, the little kid at the, the kid table where they couldn't flex games on Monday nights like NBC or whoever had the rights to the Sunday night football game did. And I think they've always wanted to be able to get better games. And I think part of their, you know, look at what their strategy was when they, when they felt like it was the broadcast booth that was sort of hampering their ratings. Well, they go out and get Joe Buck and Troy Aikman from Fox to try to bolster that. And then I think they've been active with advocating for having better games on Monday night football because it is the only game on that day and it's the only game in town. There's really not much else going on on Monday night football nights. Um, and, I, and I just feel like, you know, ESPN kind of wants to have a little bit more say at the dinner table when it comes to what games they can put on their air and the better quality opponents. So they're not getting, you know, I know there's a lot of running jokes this year about Amazon Prime's Thursday night games being kind of duds. And I, I think that's what ESPN kind of felt like over the last few years where they just weren't getting the quality games that you would get on Sunday night football because NBC was newer to it or has been newer to it. And I think they wanted to make sure that NBC would want to continue to remain a partner. So you have the majority of, or pretty much all the networks now, uh, the, the, the local over the air networks now have a stake in the NFL. Well, and think about this way too. Yeah. ESPN would want to get more content to make that service viable, but think about like, we we're both journalists. The places we work is, um, you know, you, you still have a print edition. We're online only. But when you have a print edition, you're kind of stuck into doing certain things. You've got to figure out how to fill that print edition. You've got to figure out. But, you know, when you get to online, and you've seen this, because the place you work at is very online-oriented now, you have freedom. You know what I mean? You don't have to fill in your page, too, with everything. You yeah. know what I mean? You've got the freedom to say, here's what we want to do when we want to do it. ESPN, like, everyone makes fun of their bowl game coverage. Like, oh, why are they covering all these bowl games? Well, they do that because they need to fill in broadcast space. I mean, yeah. you know, and, you know, think think about your company. The week between Christmas and New Year's, you know, when people go on vacation, they take breaks. It's hard to fill in that time. Well, for ESPN, you've got filled with 24-7 programming with something. Well, just think, if you have ESPN streaming, if they're like, hey, if you want ESPN, it's got to be in streaming, you don't have the obligation anymore. Yeah, you still need to pick up contracts. You still need to do stuff to fill time, but you don't have to fill 24 hours. You know, I, okay. I got ESPN Plus on now. They've got games. They've got plenty of content. You can watch it 24 hours a day you want, but you don't have to put something on at 1030 on Tuesday or whatever. You know what I mean? You put it on whatever, you know? Yeah, and, you know, they've – ESPN has done a solid job of building out their content. You know, obviously they had the 30 for 30 library. They had some of their pre-contracts with NBA and NFL, but they've added NHL, they've added more baseball, and they really are trying to make sure that they have plenty of content to where people can't say, well, there's nothing worth subscribing to here, or, you know, maybe 
avoiding the churn of people, you know, cycling off during certain seasons or whatever it may be. And I think that's been beneficial to ESPN to be able to justify price hikes, but then also allow for all the major sports with the exception, I guess, of, of golf, although they do have some golf on every now and then, or at least they did, but they, they pretty much have every major sport you can think of out there. And, and the, you know, they even have, you know, like college sports, like you and I talked about, you know, I can watch my Bowling Green Falcons at times or whatever, you know, you can watch Youngstown state, you know, for, for your coverage area. So it's, it's been a nice tool for ESPN to really, you know, stand behind their worldwide leader in sports moniker. You know, I think they kind of have because of a lot of the things that they've done over the years to, to sort of fortify their portfolio and their, and strengthen their library. Right. And here's the other thing that's going to be kind of interesting the more we think about it is how do you, and forgive me for a second, I'm getting a, Oh, okay. I, I know what that is. I, I apologize. My uh, wife was asking me a couple of questions. Um, well, well, let's talk about this. This is this is related. It's a little different, but Amazon announced plans to buy the parent company of Bally's. Um, we've talked to, about this before. Bally's is having a lot of economic difficulties. Uh, they're trying streaming. That got kind of really panned because you could only stream the games in your local area. And what right. was it like? Twenty bucks, twenty-five bucks a month. It was yeah, pretty- like twenty, twenty-one, something like that. It was, yeah. I mean, if you're a diehard fan, I guess it makes sense. But yeah. Well, and you've said this before. Like, you live in the Nashville area. Well, you might not necessarily like all the local teams. Um, I mean, it's nice if you want to watch it. It's kind of tough. Well, what Amazon did was they're buying ballots, and I've heard as early as the start of the baseball season. You can watch it on Amazon. Now, I have not heard any details yet about what the pricing structure would be or anything. I'm sure they would charge more. I'm sure they're not giving you your local sports team for the rate that you pay Amazon. But how much? Who knows? You know? Yeah. Um, and if it's not an extra 20 bucks a month, will it be a deal? I mean, who knows? I mean, Amazon, Amazon has to charge for the actual games. It wouldn't make financial sense if they just offered them for free. Right. But that's interesting. It's another way of getting your stuff. It, it seems like the big boys, when you look at uh, ESPN and Amazon, you look at like Hulu announcing plans to try and merge, um, you know, Hulu and Disney. It, it sounds like we're still around streaming. We're in a streaming world, and that's not going away. But it seems like instead of having 100 different smaller streaming services, we're trying to get a little more collaboration and, try, yeah. and trying to get things going. Um, it's Paramount Plus is up for sale, I've heard. Yeah, um, Paramount and uh, Max could be a, a partner. I, I don't know how that would work. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously HBO Max or Max now um, has been sort of a a money pit, I guess, to some degree, although I, th- I still think it's the best streaming service out there. But, you know, they've done the mergers with Discovery Plus. They've obviously, you know, scaled back on some of the things that they've produced. And that makes sense because I think a lot of other people are starting to do it now, too. If you notice um, streamers, and I think George and I have talked about this, where, you know, there was this let's spend, spend, spend on original programming. 
but then you weren't really seeing the tangible evidence that suggested you were getting enough subscribers to warrant spending a billion dollars in original content programming. Right. And a lot of a lot of streamers in Max Max caught a lot of flack for it. You know, they they canceled the releases of like the Batgirl movie that was already made. And a lot of that was for tax write-off purposes or for, you know, um, residual checks and things like that that we've seen be negotiated with the, the writer's strike. So Max was, you know, I hate to say it because it's it's sad when they eliminate content. They were kind of ahead of the game on some of this because you started seeing in the last year or so other streamers are starting to cut back a little bit on how much they're spending on original programming or movies and I think, you know, they're starting to realize that you just can't spend, 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 that sometimes you just need to kind of scale it back and just hope that people stick around. Well, and I think certain people, I mean, we all want our new shows and everything, especially if they've got a good actor in or something. But I, I think sometimes people are just like, too, saying, like with Max, you know, some people might say, hey, I like friends, so... Let me get Max so I can watch Friends. I'll have it there. I mean, yeah. I think just some people would just like the, I'd say old time programming, but you know, programming that's already been produced. I guess. Um, hey, yeah. a, a couple of things I want to mention real quick. Um, I, I thought there was a lot of unnecessary complaining. Um, I think, especially in the world of politics, we just want to complain about everything, and you know, we put a Republican and Democrat spin on it, and there we go. Um, last weekend, um, during the NFL playoffs, uh, Peacock had a Peacock-only game. Um, and they actually did this at the end of the season. I think it was a Bills-Chargers game, maybe, if I remember right. Yeah. Uh, they had one, like, Saturday night game that was on Peacock. Well, they did this for the playoffs, and people freaked the heck out. It was uh, yeah. Chiefs and Dolphins. Um, and you know what? I'll be honest with you. I'm... And again, you deal with some older people that don't understand streaming. I get that and everything. But it's a six. I, I mean, Peacock has deals where if you get it for the first time, you can buy it very inexpensively. And yeah. there's other content on there. It's not like, all right, get the streaming service. And the only thing available will be that football game. And there's nothing else. You know what I mean? There's other stuff that you have. They're kind of introducing you to the streamer. Um, and, you know, the argument to be made is, you know, for long-term viability of NBC, you need to have a subscription service. It's kind of like what we do in journalism. They say, hey, you know, for long-term viability, we need to have subscribers. Um, so I think there was a lot of unnecessary complaining. I, I think, um, I can't remember the politician, but one politician's like, um, you know, we already pay for NBC. People are like, what? It's over-the-air TV. We're not paying for NBC, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, but the thing was interesting, I included the article in our, our notes about people were complaining about the quality of the stream. Um, I'll be honest, I had, and you know, congratulations to Lions, by the way. I had mm-hmm. that game on for a little bit. I did notice that the stream was stopping at different parts. I, I watched it on Peacock. Now, I I don't know if it's a peacock issue. I don't know if it's more people are trying to stream at the same time. I mean, the volume still worked. Now, I'll be honest, I was doing work while I was, had the game on, so I wasn't looking at the screen the whole time. Um, do you think there's anything that these streamers could do to help that? Because I know video quality can be an issue, especially when a lot of people are trying to watch it at the same time. Well, here's the argument that I'm going to make to this. 
And if you, and it's going to, it's, it's actually not on the streamer, in my opinion, it's on the person streaming. If you have quality internet, you will have little to no problems with the streams. Now I'm not saying that that's not, it's not possible to have a weird every now and again thing. It does happen, but I will, my second argument will be, I believe the, the straight across the board stream from Peacock or from um, Amazon prime, they are better visual quality pictures than you get from cable because Amazon prime, for instance, their games are in 4k. There are no cable companies that are, that are streaming in 4k. And so there's a huge difference between streaming from cable or watching on cable versus streaming on like if you stream if you if you have a 4k tv and you stream on fox on fox sports which if you have cable you can get the fox sports app on your smart tv and if you have a 4k tv guess what their playoff games are going to be in 4k and you will notice a huge difference in quality so it it all really depends on the person's internet and how much they really want to maximize things. Because if they're, if you're a traditional cable person where you've had cable your whole life and you don't know any different, then you wouldn't really know that and you might not care about that. But, you know, for people that are complaining about the streams, Peacock has never given me problems. And they always have better visual uh, picture quality than cable. So you're getting, overall, in my opinion, you're just getting a better picture quality and you're getting... If you have proper internet, good enough internet to, to reach those speeds, you will be fine, to be honest. It's it's not really what can they do. It's more about what do you have the capabilities of owning in your home or, in this case, you know, what quality of internet do you have? Yeah, I mostly agree. There were some issues. Uh, I know NFL Plus, um, I, I was trying to watch the Steelers-Colts game at the end of the year. It was like a lot of siren afternoon games the nfl plus stream was like two minutes behind the stream of the game like i had friends who were watching on just cable nfl network and it was behind um i know youtube tv's had some issues youtube tv i mean you know they're screaming about hey you know we have the sunday ticket and everything there were some issues with that too now i will say (laughs) In the grand scheme of things, I mean, unless you're watching it, you know, on the phone with a couple of friends or whatever, is it the biggest thing in the world? Or if you, I, I guess if you're falling on X and you know, you, you see you're behind. I mean, would you know that otherwise? I I don't know. You know, yeah. I, mean? I mean, the NFL Plus thing is interesting. That that is something that I was not aware of, and. I guess it it lends itself to is the NFL Plus thing really worth it because you're also I know they have different tiers now but you're 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 pretty much streaming on your phone and now I just kind of feel like if that's the case with NFL Plus you almost hope they get bought out or, or you almost hope they um you know the NFL and ESPN kind of come together and maybe ESPN can take on those types of projects where they just say, Hey, we're going to make sure that NFL plus, if it sticks around is going to be better. Or if it merges into ESPN plus, it's going to be a whole lot better. So, you know, I just, I just think that, um, 
you know, a, a lot of it's just about making sure that you have the proper equipment to watch your, your game. Yeah. There are going to be times where you get some lag or, you know, it's, it's not the best image quality, or maybe you might get some freezes or something in your stream, but it should be fewer and far between. It shouldn't be a regular thing. If it's a regular thing, then your internet probably isn't strong enough to support what you're trying to watch. Well, how big of a deal is it sometimes? I mean, like I knew there was a time while I was writing a lot of sports stories and I was working at home. Well, having that up to the, you know, up to date where you're not two minutes behind is, is critical there. If you're just like me, who are like, oh, I like this team, want to watch it, it's fine. I, I will say for me, NFL Plus, um, <laughs> Steelers season was a mess. I, I, I wanted to watch it as much as I could, but. I kind of liked on Sunday afternoon. It was just relaxing watching Red Zone. I'm not into hey. fantasy football that much anymore. Right. Red Zone, I mean, I think I have ADD. It's hard for me to focus just on one game. And Red Zone, I mean, I like the NFL. It was just enjoyable just falling on the action Red Zone. You know? Right. So, and, and we talked about this. Like, with streaming TV, we're all different. And the nice thing about streaming TV is you can figure out something that works for you. And when you find something that works for you, you adjust your streaming appropriately. You know, so for the ADD guy and me, I kind of like Red Zone. It works. If you're sitting there going, man, I got to watch the Lions or Sewers each week, probably not. But, you know, right. I, I guess like anyone else, you find a way of making it work. So I don't know. All right. Um, but it's interesting. I, I saw. Um, I didn't know um, CBS is doing the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Uh, they said they're going to have a feed on Paramount Plus of the game, which yeah. they should. Yeah. Uh, there's also like a family-friendly. It doesn't sound like Nickelodeon or yeah. Disney. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have people explain what's going on a little bit more. Like like we said, the NFL has this weird, we've got to peel the women and we've got to peel the kids, which I guess is fine. It's more right. money. But I, they're still trying to push with the Super Bowl. I don't know. Well, you're you're trying to you know generate interest. You're trying to, especially from the kids' perspective, you're trying to get it. You're trying to get kids fans of football from an early age, and then then that way they'll be more inclined to be football fans in the future. And I think that's sort of the the goal. And then you know that that female market is sort of that untapped potential of making sure that you have the biggest audience you could possibly have. And that's why, you know, from the NFL perspective, the Taylor Swift stuff's probably been very lucrative for them because more eyeballs are on, you know, like a random Chiefs Jets game kind of deal because now you're you're maybe going to see Taylor Swift there, you know. So the NFL is, is just trying to, you know, they know what their core audience is, but they want to make sure that they have everybody possible tuning into their games. All right. Last thing I wanted to talk about, and um, th there's a broader point here in my opinion, but, um, you know, betting's become a real big deal in sports. Um, ESPN bets come out. Uh, DraftKings, one of the uh, bigger uh, gambling sites, they have a prop bet, which is kind of weird. I guess this came out before the playoffs were even set. You can bet on someone scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and you mm. might say, "Wow, you know, if the 49ers make that, I bet you Christian McCaffrey would be a good bet." 
Well, think yeah. about this. You're betting at the beginning of the playoffs. <laughs> so if you bet on a guy, you better darn, uh, you know, better hope this guy makes the Super Bowl, let alone uh, plays right. well and scores a touchdown there. I, I, I don't want us to become this big gambling insights. So who cares about that as much? I got to tell you, I'm I, I'm not going to sit here and argue people to win there or not. That's up to them. Who cares? I do get a little bit sad. I, I worked at a TV station before I'm a current game, ready to go to the office each day. And there was guys talking a lot more sports, which I guess is nice. But when you talk about in the gambling sense, I don't know, man. I, I think yeah. we're kind of losing some of sports. And I know some people can make the argument, hey, fantasy football makes me care more about the NFL or gambling makes me care more about it. Right. But are we kind of I think we're losing our, our love of sports. It's suddenly all about the gambling. I even think with fantasy football, you might say, hey, that generates more interest. But fantasy football really isn't real football. So are you really getting interest in the sport or are you just getting interest in a game to go along with the sport? I, I, I don't know. I mean, if you want to gamble, gamble. But I, I just, hearing people talk about it, it just doesn't seem, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem as much about the games anymore. It's like, hey, does Darius Garland get more than five and a half assists or less than? And yeah. How do you do that, dude? I mean, if you play the yeah. game, it's not like if I'm playing point guard, yeah. When I play point guard in the past, it's nice to have a lot of assists, but then you can play a great game, only have two assists. I mean, you know, it's it just it, it's suddenly less about the game. I, I don't know. I, I think we're not even creating sports fans anymore. I guess it's like, yeah, well, and you know, I think the it's a double edged sword because on one hand, it can you know ruin people's lives, but on the other hand. What it does is it, it it gives your your sports league interest. So, you know, you or I might not care about the Los Angeles Lakers, but if we're betting people and we bet on LeBron James scoring X amount of points, we might be more inclined to watch that game or have a rooting interest in that game and care about that more. So then inherently you're building up a fan base of, now I love this sport because it's taken my life over, whatever it may be. And I think for for betting, and it's probably why all these leagues have have essentially gotten into, um, you know, the betting sites. You know, they've partnered up with them, or they have segments for them. ESPN has ESPN Bet now, or Bet ESPN, whatever it's called. So everybody has their own thing or partnership, and it just creates more interest. And because of that, now you've got people that might stick around a few extra people might stick around and watch that Sunday night football game. Even if it's not their favorite team playing. Yeah. I guess I've gone the other way where I like the NFL and Hey, if I'm, if there's a game on, I can watch, I'll watch it. But then I'm thinking like the playoffs, you know, my team got knocked out. I like the NFL enough where I'll have a game or two on. Right. But when my team's out of it, there's less of a urge. It's more like, Oh, it's, it's the fourth quarter. I wonder who's winning this game. It's not the oh man, I gotta sit and watch the whole thing. But but you're right. I mean, I, I guess the thought is does it generate more interest? I mean, a lot of us get ticked off about the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift thing, but the NFL loves it because they're sitting there going, Man, the Taylor Swift fans, yeah, if more of them will come and maybe we'll buy a Kelsey jersey, why gripe about it? This is wonderful, you know. So 
Well, now they're buying tickets. Ticket prices are going up. Now, not that I agree with that, but um, you've got that. You've got more people tuning into the games that maybe want to see how many times they have Taylor Swift on air. So, I mean, you know, the NFL is is looking for lucrative partnerships, the lucrative deals, things that will that will help them even grow bigger than what they already are, even though they're the biggest sport in the world. They they just well maybe not soccer I guess but they're the biggest sports league in the world, and right now they they sort of pigeonhole themselves for decades and saying well you know this is our audience it's men it's age whatever now it's almost anybody you know and that's why they have the Nickelodeon stuff or the kids the kids centric stuff and now they lucked out into the Taylor Swift stuff obviously because Taylor Swift has you know, generated a lot of popularity for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, and obviously it helps that she's with someone that's pretty popular and, and sort of known anyway to, to, to most people, but now he's more well-known and now his, you know, life after football probably gets a big swing because, you know, he's with Taylor Swift and now he's known by a lot more people than just football people. Yeah, yeah. I'm- Real quick, I'm I'm stunned. I know the NFL has almost gone way overboard to try to police, you know, guy like they're suspending guys for making innocent bets and everything. Um, I'm surprised we haven't seen a big scandal come out because, you know, there's money. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess going sports for kind of keeping it clean for the time being, but you know, it's gonna be some type of point chain down the road. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's and, you know, they're trying to crack down on the possibility of that stuff. And that's why you saw a lot of those players that were suspended. But then they also reduced a lot of those suspensions, um, especially if they were not bet on football games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're pretty strict about you can't bet once you're on team facility grounds and you certainly can't bet on football. So, um, you know, does that still happen? Yeah, I think we all know that that happens. You know, is there point shaving? I mean, there there possibly could be. I think the biggest question mark about that is if you're in the NFL, you put everything you do on tape. So everything you do is on tape for not just the team that has you, but the team that could have you in the future. And you're really putting yourself in a situation where if you do it one time and people notice it, they're not going to sign you and your career will be over before maybe it begins because you wanted to do that. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that that still wouldn't happen. It's just, I would hope that, you know, people would probably think twice about stuff like that because knowing their everything they do is on tape and it's going to be, it's going to come back to haunt them more than it's going to benefit them in that short term financial gain. I get a lot of press releases from, gambling websites, you know, they want you to talk about the odds on something happening in sports. Yeah. And, um, I, I'm i surprised that more gambling sites haven't hired big-time sports writers because if you think of it, you know, you want attention on that site, so why not get some sports writing people want to read? And two, you know, if you're a bookie or something, you want all the, you know, you want all the latest information, so yeah. Why not have the sports writer try to bring that to you? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well. Hey, um, we got some other stuff coming up. Uh, we're going to do, uh, wrap up the Steelers season. They had a tough loss to Buffalo with 31 17. 
over the weekend. Their playoff win is done. We'll kind of recap the year. It's going to be a really busy offseason for the Steelers. So uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about in the offseason. So we'll try to kick that off. And we've got our Excedra show with lots of goofball stories and us acting silly, which is good, too. Anything going on in your life, Greg? Well, I'm going to be recording uh, with Bob Garver, our New York City film critic. We're going to, you know, January is a tough month for film. So um, that's why it's been sort of slow. Obviously, we have the holidays at the end of the year and everything, too. But um, it's been sort of a slow release schedule. And uh, But Bob and I will have uh, several movies that he's caught up on to start the new year. And uh, excited, always, always excited to talk to Bob about movies. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I got myself a doctor's appointment tomorrow, Craig. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've dodged, I just turned 49. I've dodged the colonoscopy. Mm. And I got a feeling my doctor's going to be like, colonoscopy, sir, for sound. We'll have to podcast about that. It'll be fun. Um, live, live from the operating table. Yes, live from the operating table. Um, I, I think I'll be half out. And again, it's, it won't be tomorrow, right? This will be the get your colonoscopy. You know. Yeah, it'll be that speech. So maybe we could have that. I, I hear for my doctor, you know, the shoving something up your rear end. It, it's not that cumbersome, but they put you three quarters of the way out. Yeah, so you don't feel the pain. So if we podcast about it, you, you'll probably have to be the commentator. I probably won't be able to help out that much. <laughs> I will try my best. That'll be the audio only podcast. I think mean, <laughs> video would be a l- little much for people. Yeah. All right. Well, for Craig, this is Chris. Thanks for checking us out. Have a great night, everybody.